is full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Welcome to episode three of Short Bus Cinema, where we love to watch the movies that you hate. Or, or maybe you don't even hate them, I don't know, but we love to watch the movies. I'm one of your hosts, Rick Morgan, and I'm with the rock star podcasting over here, Mr. Johnny Krug. What's up, my brother? How's it going, man? Excited, man. Episode three. Let's do this, man. Yeah. So we're going to be looking at a movie that I had never really seen before. Johnny brought this to the table, and it's called The Last Slumber Party. And... uh <laughs> It it should be it, it is the end of all sl- slumber parties for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they, I'm glad they didn't set themselves up for sequel with that title. No, no, the, the last slumber party part two. The party never stops. <laughs> <laughs> the last of the Mohicans part two. I the, the last ones were the last ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> so for all of you new folks, uh, several of you kind of know who we are, but if you're new to the show and you have no idea, we thought we'd take a minute and just kind of explain how this came about. Uh, myself... Just a year ago, I was new to podcasting, had never done a show before, and I started a show with, with my good, good friend, Danny Bennett, who may pop on here from time to time, you never know, but uh, we started a show called the Helming Power Hour, and it's tons of goofy stuff going on and just a lot of fun, and through that, we started inviting guests, and one of the first shows that I listened to, to kind of figure out this whole podcasting thing, really led me to Kruger Nation. And I was blown away by this is solo show doing his own thing. The editing was quick and quirky. It didn't drag on, and I was just really impressed. And uh, so, kudos to Johnny for that man, because it really made us rethink how to put a show together and make it get to the point and not just drag on forever. So that was my exposure to Johnny. And uh, through that, I got Johnny to come on our show, and we just hit it off, man. Uh, I had a ton of fun with his own show. Did you have fun on the show, Johnny? <laughs> oh, yeah. Every time I go on the show, it's awesome. It's a blast. It's Yeah, it's your show's fun, man. That's the thing is you have all the we, – well, you guys are awesome to talk to, but you also have all the fun audio samples and all the cool stuff. So it's like it's – like, I mean, it's fun to listen to, but being a part of it's even funnier. Yeah, it's awesome. And again, like we said, a lot of those ideas came from checking out your show. And then we got to meet you last year at Texas Frightmare, which we will be at during the time this comes out. So uh, that's going to be point, cool as well. Yeah. At this point, we probably both have met Dario Argento. I hope that's. I hope that becomes reality. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Johnny, go ahead and give a little background of kind of where you came from and, and how you got to where we are. 
Um, mine's kind of a weird journey, but I started on YouTube in like 2008, and then in 2009, I went to Cadaver Lab when their co-host Sam left. So I did the Cadaver Lab podcast for a long time, and after that, I went to Cinema Corpse with my friend Chris, and we did that for a little while. We did a lot of really a lot of like we did big series. We did like the whole Demon series, and and like all the you know the weird spinoffs and stuff. It would be considered a Demon movie, but it wasn't in the canon. Like you know that kind of weird stuff. And then uh, after that, I decided I think I just want to do a solo podcast because by that point I'd already done stuff with a lot of people, and I thought you know if I do my own show, I could pretty much do whatever I want and. Nice. I don't have to re- rely on anybody. Really, like, I can just do whatever I want. Not that this, those guys were awesome. I'm not saying that. I, <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from them. They were great guys. But um, just doing my show for a long time, and and I met you guys, and I thought that was really awesome because uh, you had actually reached out to me before that and told me about you love the editing and stuff. Yeah. And so, but I mean, you you pretty much told the rest of the story. You know, uh, we started talking. You invited me on the show. We met last year at Frightmare. Yeah, won a bunch of and, prizes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, dude. By now, we've already won the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that comes true. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that was, that was fun to get you actually meet you and just kind of hang out. And that just kind of solidified everything, I think. And, like I said, getting you on Helming with us and just having fun. So, you know, we decided, hey, why not? Let's do something that's a little different. So we tried to put a show together that the movies don't really fit any of the formats that we have at our other shows. So, uh you know, what would that be? So we bounce around some ideas and, hey, we're on the quest for the worst movie of all time. So uh, that's where you guys fit into all this. If you have ideas of what you think is the worst movie you've ever seen in your life, put it on the Facebook page, send it to us. We want to see what it is. And I think as we go along, we're going to actually build a list and kind of categorize from top to bottom of all the movies we watch from the you know the best uh, or the least worst to the absolute worst movie According to us, according to Short Bus, so uh, <laughs> that's the journey, man. We're looking for that movie that uh, that's just the the bottom of the pile. <laughs> uh, and I'm not gonna lie, man. I mean, I've seen a lot of really good suggestions so far on the Facebook page. It's I'm really digging it, man. I think we're gonna get. We're, I think we're gonna end up seeing a lot of movies that probably weren't meant to be seen by any humans. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, I, my heart was a little broken because I saw DC Cab in there, and I'm like, dude, I actually kind of like DC Cab. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing too is I mean I think it, the whole thing is subjective but we are looking for I mean we're, we're definitely going to take all suggestions into consideration because there's so many bad movies but I mean we're looking for some really bad ones yep. too and so we've we kind of hit a moniker at the very beginning with, with Samurai Cop we threw kind <laughs> of a, a hidden gem I don't want to say hidden but really kind of a gem of a movie that's borderline being bad with, with Ninja 3 but I'm about to say that we're getting in that category here with this one with the last slumber party we are we are starting to get into that barrel of badness <laughs> oh this this movie has the, the let me tell you let me tell you this way okay i have the dvd for last slumber party and it has it's paired with tarot 10 killer on it and it says on the dvd it says two classic slasher flicks double the gross and all i can think is double the gross negligence of making a movie <laughs> It's going to be fun diving into this one, man. So uh, right now, we'll take a little short break, play some promos of some shows that we appreciate and love, and we'll be right back. Word. Get out of the way! Black Anise Horror Podcast. 
the podcast that will change your life forever. Repetition of the repetition. Is that a word? That is now a word. Intense. Zero whatevers. So insightful that you will question your place in the universe. You just said you wanted to see somebody stab a fish. Mind-blowing. That is not what... That's not... No. Inspiring. It's one of two things all the way through. Either predictable or stupid. Life-changing. This is going to be filled with spoilers. Black Anna's Horror Podcast. Exclusively available on the Legion Podcast Network. It's almost like a little advertisement. Yeah, the advert makes it sound so promising. The Last Slumber Party from 1988. This movie is actually directed by Steven Tyler, not the one you're probably thinking of. Go, 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 go! As far as I know, uh, this guy hasn't really directed anything else except for something called Fasuna to... I can't even pronounce this. Fasuna to Chibusa. <laughs> which, it's yeah. actually got a 5.1 on IMDb, so it's over double what this movie is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's also written by him, and it's starring absolutely nobody. I mean, there, there's I don't believe anybody in this movie went on to do anything else. Huh. But, uh, uh, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise yeah. me, really. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. It's This movie is definitely made by a group of people who all knew each other and probably still know each other. <laughs> probably so, yeah. It's the it's but, the uh, the Evil Dead concept of, hey, we'll just take some close friends and try to make a movie, and yeah, this one didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one didn't launch. I mean, could you imagine this guy making Spider-Man 20 years later? <laughs> <laughs> Be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote I wrote just a little synopsis for all you folks that are listening, if you even care what this movie's about. Uh, it just says, uh, I wrote, Summer is out and three girls want a party. That's pretty much it. Oh, man, the partying done by these girls, too. I mean, God, we'll get to that, but... <laughs> booze, weed, and then later one of them was looking for like Vicodin or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie, uh, it starts off with this really grainy credit sequence where he, did you notice during this movie it seemed like there were several times where it was shot with a completely different film stock? Absolutely. Yeah. Like several times and it would be like within the same scene it would be like a guy has his arm around a girl and they're walking down the hall and then all of a sudden they're going up the stairs and it's like a completely different film stock. Right. It's, it's like they just picked up uh, a different camera and said, oh, we forgot we need to to shoot this and you know don't even have to worry about continuity of things that are in the movie it's just continuity of the film so yeah, I mean even then I mean geez I mean, that opening shot with all the credits it looked like it was filmed on one of those children's like play school camcorders it's terrible and, and you get the music but, background it looks like you're watching the episode of Headbangers Ball oh the band First Strike yeah, yeah. they actually are still around isn't that crazy? That's, that's nuts. That was the first thing when it came on. I was like, wow, this is like an opening credit for a commercial for Headbangers Ball. <laughs> it really is, the way it's shot and everything. Yeah. We see a, uh, a killer surgeon suiting up, and he sneaks into the window of this girl's house. And apparently her scream was too much for his homicidal tendencies. <laughs> he, he bails. They're like, what happened? I don't know. I screamed and he ran. <laughs> like, he's a killer. <laughs> what? <laughs> most people scream when killers come after them. 
Oh, and I love the fact of, <laughs> and it's very the beginning of that too. And she, <laughs> the car goes by, and the the car honks, but the car's like way off. Then she waves, <laughs> and I was like, wow, they, they kind of missed that one a little bit. But she's on the second floor. Could you imagine? Those guys had to see somebody climbing a damn ladder when she's <laughs> when they're driving by. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were honking at. I don't know. Hey, get off that ladder! Get out of her room! <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, and this, uh, you know, he's not much of a serial killer. <laughs> hey, fun fact, it's the director, Steven Tyler. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Dude looks like a surgeon, yo. <laughs> you look like a surgeon! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So after this, it cuts into... <laughs> it cuts into this, like, biology class or something being taught by John Oates. <laughs> <laughs> I said, teacher looks like a porn star. <laughs> Harry Reams. <laughs> <laughs> he really did, man. And, and this whole scene is, it's like, it has this song playing in the background that is almost completely dominating every piece of dialogue that's going on in the room. Allie, by one of your fellas, too. Now, if we had you, <laughs> well, business aside, socially, it's also been a good year. We've had some memorable events here. Just I know <laughs> and you know what's funny? That song not only plays during this entire scene, but the entire next scene the song plays. <laughs> it just keeps going. This band, man, got their, they got their name out there. Oh, man. And, and talk about dedicated, man. This is like the last day of school. And, I mean, the teacher teaches right up to the bell, man. The last day of school, and he's still just... That's like when the bell rings, he's like, Aw, I didn't get to finish teaching you guys. He's not very intensive either, because he has a group of horny guys in the corner that are just ogling the girls. He has the, the giggling girls who are, like, pretty much staring at the guys. And then you have the class nerd, who they call science, and he's repeatedly slashing a skeleton's throat in the corner. <laughs> Like, there's some red flags there, guys. Yeah, he's, he's one you might want to watch. Oh, and he'll come back later in the movie, too. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, the scene has... It's basically a lot of nothing to take in. So, uh, out of that, you've got uh, the scene at the hospital where they're planning on doing, doing surgery on this guy. Taking out... Lobotomy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he has... <laughs> I think we got some dialogue here. Let's see what this is. Actually, he did say something. Yeah. What was that? He said he'd kill you or anybody else that tried to cut out part of his brain. Which is just exactly why we have to do just that. <laughs> well, let's see how he is today. So let's get that straight. Uh, to, to keep him from killing anybody, even though he said he would kill somebody, if somebody tried to cut out his brain, is why we're cutting out his brain. <laughs> Got it. I'm, I'm golden. Got it. Did you notice the flubbed line in there? There's like two flubbed lines there, too. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Well, earlier before that, there's a scene where the girls are leaving school, and they're walking, and they have that whole scene about, you know, having this lumber party and stuff. Right. And... Have a nice summer. Summertime and the living is easy. <laughs> Three months of nonstop partying, and we start to... Yeah. But we can't use my house. You're such a drag. The last time everybody came over, Linda Campbell invited that bohemian football player from Choctaw High, and he got sick and threw up all over the floor. Oh, God, my parents were so pissed off. It's a wonder I wasn't in prison for a year. Oh. <laughs> I like where she's like, you could even get pregnant. Why are you kidding? My parents would decapitate me. What? <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> They'd be like, no, my parents would take away my car. No, my parents are going to cut my head off. Yeah, like, yeah. Bury me under the house or something, you know. 
<laughs> well, the, the line here, though, there's a great flubbed line in this scene because they're walking and that girl on the right, I think her name's Chris, she a- she actually keeps talking and she stops and she kind of looks confused and the other girl feeds her her line. She goes, what, we're, and she stops and the girl goes, we're pros at this. She's yeah, we're pros at this. <laughs> That's just, oh, it was amazing. It's greatness. So this movie is kicked off full blast. <laughs> Well, not to mention, not to mention, Ricky said uh, about the whole, you know, they're in the hospital and they're doing these rounds talking about that patient who's violent and needs a lobotomy. That's the same patient that supposedly snuck into that window earlier. Right. <laughs> so he, apparently he has an escape patch in that hospital somewhere. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, again, uh, it's the magic of movies. We don't question how, you know, Sabu can live in the jungle. We don't question how this guy can get out of <laughs> get out of the hospital and <laughs> and uh, kill somebody and get back in. There's so many things, and like to me, it seems like, I mean, of course, there are continuity issues, but there's so many things that seem like it's written by somebody who doesn't have an actual understanding of how anything works. Right. Because the next scene, Linda gets a call from her friend, and she picks it up while it's still ringing. And her friend says, her friend asks her why her mom's so pissy. And I'm like, I don't know. How, how would she be pissy? You just picked up the phone. <laughs> how do you even know? You didn't talk to her mom, idiot. Yeah, there's a whole confusing phone scenario through this whole movie where one rings, but this one doesn't answer you. It's like, you know, because they obviously had different lines in the house. Back in the 80s, you had that. You know, you had a business oh, line. Yeah. and a, But it's just, <laughs> you know, it, it plays into this movie for really no reason. <laughs> Oh, not at all. That's the thing about it. It's like, how many times are we going to show people trying to answer one phone and it keeps ringing on another phone? I mean... That phone, the the phones of this movie should have gotten credits. But yeah, man, the hospital. (laughs) This is where it starts to amp up because, you know, he's already escaped once, but this time he's going to escape for real. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) This time they're going to (laughs) notice. Yes. (laughs) Well, they don't even really notice that until later on. (laughs) It's almost at the end of the movie. Right. Oh, so uh, <laughs> you got uh, the the nurse that's uh, wanting to get out of there and to get the two nurses that's you know talking about going and partying or whatever, and it's like everybody wants to party in this movie, man. You have a weird conversation too. Yes, like like I, I don't know if you were going to mention the conversation, but they say something about how she should hook up with the doctor, and she's like, no, and the other girl says, oh, he's having or his daughter's having a slumber party. And she says something about, ooh, there should be an orgy, only if he's there. I'm like, you're talking about teenage girls <laughs> and a married man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just hell? bizarre, man. Uh, again, just the, the dialogue. Whoever wrote the script doesn't need to write scripts. No. <laughs> so when they're walking along, you get the one that goes to the bus stop to get on the <laughs> to get on the bus, I guess, to get home. And you get the dude sitting at the park bench, which is bizarre. You look like Richard Ramirez. <laughs> yeah. And you keep expecting this guy's going to be the killer, right? You know, because he's sitting there and his head's down and she's like, oh, it's you again and all this kind of conversation. But he's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because when we're sitting there watching her put on makeup while well, the, the the lens isn't even focused on her, it's like blurry. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that's, when the, that's when the killer decides to pop out and cut her forehead. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the most, most lethal place. It literally looks like he just like nicks her forehead. Right. My favorite part of this whole scene, though, is is whenever the guy's still asleep on the bus stop bench is when the killer is cartoonishly dragging her off in front of him. (laughs) It looked like something from Looney Tunes, man. Right. And then uh, you get the awesome news report. Had been repeatedly slashed with, quote, 
an extremely sharp implement of an undetermined nature, possibly a surgical scalpel. Police refuse to speculate whether this particular piece of information would cause them to suspect a patient, staff member, or anyone else connected with the hospital community. Police are withholding the identities of the victims pending notification of next of kin. <laughs> you know what's great about that news broadcast? Is there's no? It's all audio. It's just a, bl- a black right. screen. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a a new like a news flash when the screen was just, it just goes black and they tell you what's going on and you just go back to whatever you were watching. It's movie magic, man. No, movie magic is is what happens next. Because <laughs> the dad, okay, the girl uh, Linda, her dad is the doctor, he, and that's the house they're having the slumber party at. So he gets home and he says, "Good night, girls. I'm going to bed." And the boys show up right after this, and they leave about, I mean, like a minute later to go get beer. And in the next scene, they run into the dad at the gas station. <laughs> the gas station buying orange juice. And then he says he's going to work. I'm like, what? Let's see. I've, I think I've got that. Well, I'm glad to see there are still a few conscientious students around in these days. I'm afraid I'm working tonight, too. I have to go to the hospital to see a patient. Miss Sickler left me some instructions in no uncertain terms to pick her up some orange juice on the way home. For her in the morning. <laughs> oh no, sir. Swarns uh, juice, maybe? No, no, sir. It's it's fine. No, no thank you. We've already had a few beers. Oh no, no, thank you, sir. We, we just had some cashews and some Pepsi's, and now we're heading on home. Yes, yeah, sir. Have to be going to this. Uh, these emergencies are a pain, but uh, <laughs> be too careful. Yeah, especially with all the nuts in that place. No, I, I'm sure you can, sir. Hey, take care, Doctor Sicko. Tell Linda we said hi. I'm sure I'll be seeing you boys again soon. Oh, yes, okay. sir. <laughs> Good night, Good night, doctor. Night, doctor. These emergencies sure can be a pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring that up later. That's <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So then it cuts back to the summer party, and Tommy, one of the guys, one of the three guys, is actually climbing into the better window like the killer at the beginning. Right. But the other two guys, the other two guys are nowhere to be found, and even the girls are like, "Where are the other guys? Like, did they just drop them off at the party and leave?" What's up with the girl? That says men folk all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, she's the main girl, right? She's uh, a yeah. uh, Chris. We gotta find us some men folk. I'm like, what? Well, what that was it? the thing is, it's her um, her accent went in and out too. Just the nobody says men folk. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> <laughs> He's not there very long. I mean, he doesn't seem very nice to her. Like, his one part, he, said, he calls her, like, whore. He's like, shut up, you whore. Yeah, and, yeah. They got a good good relationship. <laughs> well, she's constantly calling him an asshole. Yeah. You asshole. He's such an asshole. I don't even know why I like him. Because he's so fucking good looking, that's why. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and since when you started taking inventory? <laughs> Several times she says that. Oh, oh, a lot. And, and I'm going to talk about that later. There's a reason I think that is. But she, anyway, she goes upstairs with him, and they're about to do the nasty. But, of course, she has to take a shower first for some reason. And thankfully, while she's in there, he dies. Yep. <laughs> he gets killed in bed. Yep. Chuck Norris is dead on the bed. And, and I think he was easily the most obnoxious character in this movie. Did you notice, too, that, you know, she gets out of the shower and her hair is up and it's wet. And then as soon as she walks through the door, it's down and dry. Oh, it looks exactly like it did at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, wow, uh, pick up shot, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, so eventually, I mean, there's some a little bit of time that passes here, but one of the other boys, Billy, he shows up because he wants to mess around with Tracy. 
And so they get on this bed and they're kind of, you know, messing around with each other. And just one foot away, with an eye shot, the killer's sitting there tilting his head, looking at him like a dog. <laughs> like a dog who's being asked if they want treats. Uh, and the thing about it is, they should be killed because... Anybody that has a Bee Gees poster and a Sesame Street poster up in 1987 and 88, yeah, you should be killed off. Oh, yeah. I was confused about the Sesame Street poster. It didn't seem like something a teenage girl would have in her room. Oh. And what's with these guys with the mask all the time, man? Pop it in when we're in the mask. It's like, you know, it didn't work the first time. <laughs> why, do they keep, why do they keep coming in with these different Halloween masks on trying to scare the girls? Well, the very first time they do it, too, is uh, after the, they get mad because the girls don't get scared. Well, they kind of do, but they say the next time we're going to get you real good. I'm like, what, the next time you can't tell them you're going to scare them again. This whole doctor, man, the, the, the serial killer, if anybody would ever just react, they could handle this guy. <laughs> but nobody ever reacts. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> if you see a bug-eyed guy coming at you with a scalpel, you move. <laughs> and he's not fast. I mean, it's it's like you said, the, the turning the head thing. And you know what they tried to do? They tried to do this Michael Myers... Oh, you know, yeah. Enigma kind of character standing there that doesn't have to put a lot of effort into it. He's just a killing machine, but this guy just looks retarded. <laughs> oh, he is horrible. It's, yeah, beyond retarded. This is this terrible. Yeah. And then this movie throws me for a real freaking loop because she leaves the room and science, the kid from school shows up dressed like a surgeon and kills, kills her boyfriend, Billy. Just the odds of two killers dressed exactly the same. It's just... I don't know what the odds of that are. Well, there's not much logic to any of this movie because the going a little further into that is the whole crazy nightmare sequence that she has. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, why? Did you just, are you just trying to kill time? Or are you just trying to make this movie interesting? I don't know because it's not working. Well, she even says, I had a nightmare in my nightmare. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Oh. It's it's uh, you're, you're not you're not doing Iron Man on Elm Street or Halloween people. You're not doing any anybody any favors with this movie, right? And then you get the but, host, um, the whole scenario of just like the the internet sensation, two phones and one chick. Uh, <laughs> again, trying to answer the phones and answering the wrong phones, and I don't know, man. It's just nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> One, there are a lot of laughable moments. I mean, this movie's just full of them. But one of them is when they find the scalpel that was used to kill Billy. The girls walk in, and Linda picks it up. She looks at it all disgusted and walks over to the window on the second floor and throws it out throw, the window. Yeah, just throw it out. I don't want Who this in my house. Sharp object, especially because earlier she said it was probably one of my dad's scalpels. <laughs> yeah, it would just be laying in my bedroom. I'm sure that that happens a lot. <laughs> especially one with blood all over it. Yeah, I just, that's not very, uh, I don't know, I just chuck and sharp things out of your window, especially when people have been climbing up that ladder all night. Best character of the whole movie, though, the mom, because she's slept oh, this yeah. whole time <laughs> through all this stuff, man. Well, and earlier, you could barely hear the TV, but she's like, could you turn the TV down? Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wrote down, yeah, that it was the dumbest dream sequence I think I've ever seen. Yeah, man, it, it just, uh, they tried. How about that? That's about all you can give them. They tried. Yeah. But uh, I don't but, know uh, what the inspiration so went, was, but it just, it, 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 it does nothing. Oh, no, no. And, and there's no suspense. I know that they added a lot of extra music to that scene, but it it did nothing. 
It almost has like a, a Nancy and Tina thing where T- uh, Nancy sees Tina in the hallway in Nightmare on Elm Street because right. the two girls are standing there like kind of saying things to her and they're, you know, pale and covered in blood. Again, oh, yeah. you, can, you can tell where they're pulling these ideas from and just not executing at all. <laughs> yeah, they, they were very inspired, but not inspired enough to do a, a second take or script revisions at all. <laughs> uh, so after the nightmare, the girls all wake up about 3 a.m. and... For some reason, and they're just wide awake having their party some more. And we see, at this point, the killer kills science, because there can't be two killers in the house. That's right. Tracy goes into the bedroom, and she lifts the cover, and she finds science in her bed, dead. And she reacts the same as if she found a raccoon in her garbage. Right. (laughs) There's no, it's just such a blank reaction. (laughs) Well, why would you not after this point? The Linda, I, I assumed Linda was like the Jamie Lee Curtis character. I assumed she was the main girl since it was her house, and they've... The whole movie, they kind of built her up as that character, you know. Right. The whole, uh, they asked the guy out for her that she didn't want to and all that. She's kind of the prude. But in the next scene, she's stabbed. And again, when Chris finds her, she reacts like she chipped a nail. (laughs) (laughs) She, like, leaves her over there still bleeding out on the floor and starts investigating. And I love the fact, too, of you you get the part where the the dad drives home again later on. And and something I noticed, too, (laughs) is the car that the dad's driving... Is the same car that the nurse got picked up in that we were talking about earlier when the two were walking together and talking. The same car as the car that she got into. So it's like, wait a minute. Yep. Is, is uh, and the guy driving it looks like uh, John Oates. So it's almost like they use the same people for these other roles. I think that is the same guy. I think it is the teacher. I think it is too. So it's just a weird. <laughs> they got the doctor's car, but the teacher's driving it. it that's a more interesting movie than what happens. <laughs> it's like a. <laughs> Uh, what was that movie? Uh, I can't think of the name of it. Inception? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so, so Linda is all stabbed, and she, again, she pops up bleeding out, and she tells Chris to go get help doing what I can only assume is her best Marley Matlin impersonation. <laughs> She's like, get up! <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, I, I, I felt bad writing that, but that's exactly what it sounded yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> and when the, and the dad pulls up and the ladder is going up to the window it's broad daylight and i'm like he doesn't even see the ladder i mean <laughs> it's right by the door of going into the house like we're not even five feet away and he doesn't notice that there's a ladder going up to his daughter's bedroom now you know i've raised a daughter i would know if there's a ladder <laughs> or something going to her bedroom just would that's just you know your, your your radar changes when you get older and you have kids. So uh, that's just hilarious. And, and we're not talking about like a three or four foot step ladder. We're talking about a extending ladder that's probably 20 feet tall, bright orange. <laughs> You're not going to miss the thing, man. <laughs> well, then I like he goes into the house and he, he hears the phone ringing. So he goes to pick it up and he goes to like six phones and all the cords are cut until he finds the right one. <laughs> There's nothing more tedious and bothersome to a, to a serial killer than them not knowing that they can just cut one wire. When you, when you have several lines, man, chances are that the serial killer is going to miss one. They could do more killing if there was less phone lines to chop. Pretty much right after this, don't they do the ex- exact same thing they did earlier where uh, they say this is all a dream? <laughs> right! Yeah. So we had one nightmare dream, and now we've kind of got another one, and... 
I don't know, folks. It's it's uh, this this is a hard watch. <laughs> well, the the first one was a nightmare within a nightmare, and this one was a nightmare within a nightmare within a nightmare. It really is Inception. <laughs> Maybe this director's ahead of his time. Mm, good point. He just you know what I think happened. What I think this what happened with this movie is I think the director shot this entire movie except for the end, and then he watched the previous footage, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh my god, there's so much stuff messed up with this movie. I got to shoot something to say to that just discredits this entire plot." <laughs> oh, because that's the only thing I could think of. And I forgot to mention too, because you remember the the doctor saw the the boys in their car sitting out boys at the gas station, but when he pulls in the driveway, he even sees their car in his driveway. <laughs> And still doesn't react. <laughs> Wait a minute. I will say this though, like he seemed like he was like he seemed like he was on tranquilizers the whole movie. Well, he he's a doctor. He's got uh, the ability to to get that kind of stuff, so I think that's all I have for the the plot of this movie. I mean <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, man. I I had one more thing. It says elevator to pool. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> this killer does a lot of work. I mean, he not only did he reposition the guy in the closet who fell twice, but he he slits the dad's throat in the elevator and the next scene the dad's floating in the pool. <laughs> I mean just like that. I mean <laughs> he was killed in the elevator, but you don't see him dragged out or anything. It just stops there and the next thing you know he's floating in the pool. That's that's a serial killer. That's somebody that's got it going on. Nobody's gonna ask questions if this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is uh, Oh man. This is some kind of movie, man. Do you, do you have any uh, upgrades for this movie? Uh, how about uh, girls that look like high school girls? <laughs> Instead of, you know, 27, 28-year-olds? Yeah, they, these girls were definitely not young. I would have less mask on the dudes, but I'd have a better mask on the killer. How about that? Yeah, well, maybe the killer wears any kind of mask except for a surgical one where you can see his eyes. And one thing that would solve the problems for this whole movie is if one person had a baseball bat. <laughs> If one person had a baseball bat and Mr. Googly Eye stared at him with his scalpel up in the air and just looking at him, they could just whack him in the head and the movie's over. Yeah, they really didn't do any kind of self-defense of this. None. Like I said, nobody reacts. But if one person would have had a baseball bat, this could have been a totally different movie. <laughs> For me, I I would prefer if this movie had any continuity. Like any. It would be an upgrade if actors actually learned their lines. <laughs> Why would they do that? <laughs> there was so much jumbling of lines in this movie. Yeah. Um, I would also like less aimless wandering. Yes. Because there was a lot of that. Well, I said uh, bigger house. Because they're gonna if they're going to just run around like that, they need a bigger place to do it in. <laughs> There's not, oh, yeah. that, not that many rooms in this house, apparently. And the last one is uh, maybe a second take every now and then. <laughs> Maybe say, hey, uh, hey, can we? We're out of focus, and she forgot her line. Can we just do it again? <laughs> <laughs> no, one time. That's all you get. Uh, what about you? Have any good lessons from a bad movie? Never sleep over at a friend's house if the boys uh, that you invite over are a bunch of homos, or as they say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, these girls are pretty homophobic. This whole movie. <laughs> really good lesson I learned from a bad movie is emergencies are just a pain. I mean, <laughs> who needs them, right? <laughs> The other one is, you don't fill someone up full of J uh, Jack Daniels just so you can fall asleep. <laughs> the two girls say that to uh, Linda earlier. They're like, we didn't fill you full of Jack Daniels so you could fall asleep. Let's see. I think I've got that here. Chris, I don't know. Oh, come on, Linda. We didn't fill you full of Jack Daniels so you could fall asleep. Yeah, if it takes a little booze to loosen you up, so much the better. 
Yeah, what kind of party we having here? <laughs> well, it's funny too because everything they're doing is a downer. The girls looking for like, like what is it, like Vicodin or something later, and then it's weed and booze. I'm like, so you're gonna fall asleep eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's not the uh, the party drugs we were expecting. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a new idea for a new segment we want to try here. It's called uh, "What Were You Thinking?" And uh, so, so we'll kind of rattle some of those off. What you got, Johnny? Uh, they're having a school dance during the summer. They mentioned that earlier in the movie. <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> Do they need so many Wayne's World extreme close-ups on every character, especially no. the killer? <laughs> <laughs> Steven Tyler, if you're going to make a movie, pick somebody else to be the killer, not yourself. What were they thinking? I also, uh, I, the only other thing was the fact that they had two killers of no relation. They didn't, they in no way knew each other, and they were pretty much dressed exactly the same. Yeah, they were trying to throw you off there a little bit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's just another dude in some scrubs with a mask on. Oh, so... Like you can really tell who they are until they take the mask off, right? Yeah. It was just a way to throw, try to throw you off, and again, it just failed miserably. And also with this movie, we talked earlier about how it does draw a lot of things from movies, especially Halloween. Yes. And there were a few things that just every time I've watched this movie just stand out so bad. The fact that there are characters named Lindsay, Linda, and Tommy. <laughs> That's ah. three, three main things from Halloween. Yeah. And certain phrases like... They use the phrase. They use the word "totally" a lot. Drag, give me a break, you asshole, and El Creepo, which are all from Halloween. PJ Souls. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's funny because even the way they try and say it, it's like the director had them watch certain characters and say, "Try to do it that way. <laughs> try to do it like somebody good." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. You got uh, the the homemade movie scenario of a Evil Dead, but it's all rip-offs from Halloween. So, yeah, you can you can see where this movie is trying to go. Yeah, it ends up more like uh, uh, Halloween 6. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Alright, where do you rate this one at, man? Where does it sit on the bus? Yeah, this is sitting in the back of the bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love how you didn't have to think about it. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's on the back, yeah. Uh, <laughs> by far, so far, this is this has been the worst movie we've watched. And like I said, we kind of did some movies that we kind of like just to get things rolling. But this one, this one's a tough watch, man. Uh, for all of you out there, if you want to check it out, you can check it out on YouTube. It's not a great version, but that may be just the way There's the movie looks. <laughs> That's just the way it looks, folks. <laughs> so if you want to like, check it I out, a bad copy. <laughs> if you want to check it out, man, that's the way to do it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a tough one, man. <laughs> All right, so we'll take a short break. We'll be right back, folks. Get out of the way! An Evil Dead TV show? No way. Negan is coming to The Walking Dead. That's awesome. Don't you guys think a werewolf series is long overdue? Oh, hello there. Are you looking for coverage of horror on the small screen that you can't find on any other podcast? Then welcome to Evil Episodes Podcast, where we take an in-depth look at horror around the dial, covering everything from today's hits like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, and The Strain. As well as looking back into the TV horror vault to discuss anthologies like Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Masters of Horror. Yeah, but do any of those shows have werewolves in them? 
What movies will become a TV series next? Just how many more seasons will every CW show get? Where will they put some damn werewolves on TV? Tune in to Evil Episodes Podcast for all your horror on television needs and more. I need werewolves. Hey, did I mention how Lovecraftian all this actually is? That was a lot of fun. If you're brave enough, if you want to see a bad movie, jump on YouTube. Look up uh, Last Slumber Party. You may want to grab a friend or two <laughs> and just watch this thing and tell us what you think about it. I mean, if, if it's the worst thing you've ever seen, absolutely let us know. If you think it's not that bad, then definitely let us know what you think is worse because... This one's uh this one's gonna be hard to beat, I think, just just from the very beginning. Like I said, I'd never seen this one. And uh it's uh it's a doozy. <laughs> I will say this. I will say if you start this movie and you aren't enjoying it or if you can't get into it, definitely try to search out the Rift Tracks version of this. I mean, I know you can stream it on certain things, but um I know for sure it's like ten dollars on the other side or maybe even less. And uh, the Rift Tracks version of this is hilarious. It's probably one of the best episodes. And uh, it's it makes this movie a million times better. Oh yeah, that's and that's always the thing about it. I mean, these movies we're not really trying to kill ourselves <laughs> by watching these. We we like the humor that we find by breaking these things apart and and just digging into it. So that's what makes it fun. And we hope you guys do the same thing. And like like I said, just uh, give us some feedback on what you like, what you don't like, what you want us to check out. And uh, we're up for that kind of challenge, man. Uh, this is going to be a a long road that we've got to drive down, so it's going to be it's going to be a long <laughs> trip. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this is this bus is going to run out of gas multiple times. <laughs> uh, so, folks, uh, just hang in there with us, and uh, like I said, if you have any suggestions, shoot them to us on the Facebook page. Join the Facebook page. Also, let us know if on a, on our Gmail account, Short Bus Cinema at Gmail as well. I guess that's kind of it for this episode. So, Johnny, you got anything else? No, that's it. I mean, just any suggestions, check, uh, you know, hit us up. Yes, sir. So, I guess we'll see you guys next time. Y'all take it easy. Peace. <laughs>